Friends, how are you? I hope you're all okay. My name is Kel Spellman. I am an actor, a presenter, and a very proud ambassador for WWF. And I would like to welcome you to Call of the Wild. This is a brand new podcast from WWF, all about how each and every one of us can make a difference in the fight to save our planet. Each episode, we're going to be joined by different experts and famous faces as we delve into particular areas of the climate conversation and find out those ways in which we can all chip in and make a difference. And to kick the series off, there is only one man we could begin with. We are joined by a very special guest. We are part of the natural world. We certainly have responsibility for it because now we are so powerful that we can destroy it. And what's worse is that we do. And if we damage the natural world, we are damaging ourselves. And we have been doing that without care for for decades. Oh, yes, my friends. You heard that right. And is it just me or does his voice sound even better through headphones? Maybe it's just me. But that voice there you heard is the one and only Sir David Attenborough. And he needs all of our help to do our bit for the planet. So it's time to step up. The wild is calling... It's time to act. It's a hard truth to digest that our generation is faced with an environmental catastrophe. And I think what makes it even harder to digest is a lot of us didn't play too much of a part in getting to this point. If we carry on as normal, the damage is going to be irreversible. That is a fact. But I tell you what else is a fact, that we still have a chance to turn things around and make a difference. We have, within our grasp, the chance to give our natural world the space and time to recover. All of us have the power to make real change, and the solutions are out there. So that is what this podcast is going to be about. Finding out about those little steps that we can all take to do our bit and make a difference, while learning about the bigger solutions that we can be looking for from our policymakers, decision makers, and big corporations. So in each episode, I'm going to be joined by some big names and familiar faces, which actually thinking about it doesn't work well for a podcast. So hopefully there'll be familiar voices. And I'll also be teaming up with top wildlife experts to dig deeper into the threats we're facing and the impact it's already having on the world around us. But most importantly, what can we do to help and turn things around? But for this episode, it's a little bit different. I wanted to find out more about what's at stake and why there is still reason for hope and optimism. And there was only one person I could get that from, Sir David Attenborough. I had the most amazing opportunity to sit down with him in March last year, just before lockdown. And it's safe to say it is a moment I'll never forget. So we are waiting for the man the hero the legend you can hear it in my voice can't you i'm nervous um i'm speaking about none other than sir david attenborough so we're all set the two chairs have been laid out the microphones are recording and we're just waiting for for him to arrive it's feeling like an eternity genuinely for me and if you speak to any of my friends like he's my hero So, David, it is an absolute privilege to have you on our podcast. Thank you. To be able to sit down with you and and have a chat. Um, so, David, what inspired your love for the natural world? Well, do you know, I've never met a child older than three or four years 
who is not fascinated by the natural world. Every child, it's a thing in you and in me and every other child that you are amazed to see a slug suddenly move across in some miracle, miraculous way over a stone with two little things sticking out at the front and finding its way on a bed of slime. I remember taking a, a, a godchild of mine, actually, when they were about three or four, and he, he turned over a stone in the, in the meadow. And he said, oh, look at that, what a treasure, he said. It's a slug. You know, and he was right. It's amazing. And, uh, of course, as you get older, you get interested in other things. You get cars and motorbikes and one thing or another. But if you lose that pleasure of, of, of finding joy in the natural world and wanting to know how it works, you've lost a huge treasure. It's so true. And, and for me, I think anyone you speak to always remembers that lesson in school when you'd go out into the woodland mm. and turning over a tree bark and seeing the wood lice. Yes. It's such a profound memory in everybody's mind Quite that right. never goes. Never goes. And, and, and in pond dipping too. Pond dipping, fantastic yeah. creatures. What are the biggest transformations or is there a key one that you've witnessed since starting out your career to this moment in time within nature? Well, that human beings are all pervasive everywhere, that you can't get across away from human beings anymore. That there is uh, the oil slicks and bits of plastic floating in the remotest part of the oceans. That, that we have destroyed nature, we'd be so clever that we found methods and ways and techniques of actually destroying nature in order to put in what we choose, and that we've done it without thought over vast areas of the planet, as though the planet belonged only to us. We depend on the natural world for interest of everything that's beautiful and wonderful, but also we depend it for on, on every breath of air we take. Um, and on every mouthful of food we eat. And if we damage the natural world, we are damaging ourselves. And we have been doing that without care for, for decades. I think that's part of my frustration is that people are forgetting that link that is so integral to life on Earth. And I was wondering, can you point to anything that was a, a major player in us having that disconnect from nature how have we lost touch because right at the start of your career we kind of were living to a degree a bit more sustainable uh, to, with our planet whereas now that's non-existent what's caused that do you think well the, first of all the thing that's caused it is sheer density of human beings there are three times as many human beings on this planet as when i first made the television program and not only that but those three times size population have been given into their hands mechanisms of poisoning and destroying beyond the powers of any other human being that's ever existed. Uh, we can now just press a little stud on, a, on an aerosol box and kill insects just as soon as look at you. We've got mechanical devices that will rip up any meadow or any woodland that you want to see in an afternoon. Um, and we're doing it, and we continue doing it. We've got methods of tracing every fish in the sea and, and killing it one way or another, and we're doing that too. 
Do you recall a moment in your time, Sir David, that really shocked you? You know, and kind of one of them moments where it gets you to your core and, and is utterly heartbreaking. I suppose the most obvious one that, that I remember particularly vividly, of course, is the first time when I went to a, a coral reef, which I thought I was going to go in, in, in Eastern Australia and, and on the Barrow Reef. I dived in and, and, and instead of seeing the, the most marvellous, beautiful, extraordinary, wonderful wonderland, it was a cemetery. It was, it was just white, dead coral. And, and we were responsible. And the, on the flip side, is there, a, is there a moment that kind of just brought you pure joy and elation? Maybe even one that wasn't captured on camera that we might not know about? Lots of those, lots of them. And the, the, the great moments come when you have a vision of the natural world in which humanity doesn't play a part, in which there's a whole complex of organisms all interacting with one another, all busy about their own affairs, all at peace with the, with the world. I remember just such a moment in, in northern Australia in a, a billabong, you know, the, those big shallow lakes. We had put up a hide the previous night and then we'd gone in there and sitting in there before dawn while it was still dark so that the birds didn't see us. And then you look through this little peephole in the side of the of the hide. And there were, I don't know, 10,000 egrets and cockatoos and, and crocodiles and the, the ducks and the geese. And uh, the whole thing busy squawking away, busy feeding and birds you've never seen of before and just... Just thrilling. And we filmed for quite a bit. And then something happened. You don't know what. Because suddenly the entire flock took fright and, and flew off. And, and the, there was the billabong, empty of life altogether, and just, just ripples still of where they'd all been flying away. But that was a, a vision of, of, of the world without humanity. Well, it's a pity I have to say that, really, because we are part of the natural world. And, uh, and we, too, can find circumstances in which we can come to terms with the natural world. And we ought to recognise that we have a part of it. We certainly have responsibility for it, because now we are so powerful that we can destroy it. And what's worse is that we do. And I guess off that as well, we're the only ones that can save it. Well, that's so, too. And that kind of brings me to this point. As someone who was really led us up to this point. Um, I would really love to hear kind of any top tips you'd have to impart to our listeners and to young people on what they can do to to turn things around and, and make that change. Well, one of the simplest things that you should do if you get the chance, when you get the chance, is just actually to stop. Sit down. Don't move. Keep quiet, wait 10 minutes. You'll be very surprised if something pretty interesting didn't happen within 10 minutes. You're doing that in a woodland, if you haven't done it, it's extraordinary. Don't get too impatient either. And, and, and then, well, in, speaking for myself, then you realise how ignorant you are, yeah. how you can't actually recognise what that bird call is, which you ought to be able to, I certainly ought to be able to do and I can't. 
Mind you, I can't hear either. So. At <laughs> 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 my age. But, but nonetheless, there are things to see. And there are wonderful things to see. And uh, extraordinary things happen. And I mean, of course, the real time when, when, when it really is exciting to do that, if you do it into, into a, a place where you don't know at all, I mean, you go into a jungle in the middle of Costa Rica or something, and then you suddenly see extraordinary things which you really don't know anything about. What signs have you seen and examples that tell us it's not the end of the world, that there is hope? Well, that is how things, how things recover. And the natural world is fantastic in, in the way it's, its abilities to, to regenerate are extraordinary. 40, 50 years ago, we, there was a real chance that whales might be exterminated because we had such powerful ways of killing them of finding the poor things and then shooting explosive harpoons into them and killing them. And we were doing it hand over fist. You could, and, and nations were competing to see how many they killed until suddenly someone, or a number of people were saying, if we don't stop this, there will be no more whales in the sea. And then everybody will lost everything. And they got the sea, the, the whaling nations of the world, the maritime nations of the world together, and got them together and got them to bang their heads. No, they didn't bang their heads together, but they got them to agree that they would, they would stop whaling. And now there are more whales than have been in the sea for a century. People power. People power, yeah, just, uh, but also the fantastic powerful regeneration that nature has. And we're learning more about the great whales and the way they communicate and so on. And there are there are sites now that you can never haven't been seen in whales accumulating in numbers that haven't been seen for a century. Now, just to wrap up, Sir David, I hope you don't mind this because it's it's a very rare opportunity. I think that you get to meet your heroes and, and let alone thank them in person. So I just wrote a little something because I thought if I just leave it and I don't write it down, I'll fumble and mumble it and I won't say it how I want to say it. So if you don't mind, would you mind if I just kind of just basically say thank you from me because genuinely, Sir David, you have been the person in, in my life that has had the most profound effect and influence on it for the good. And I would go as far to say, you know, kind of who I am and what I stand for and the differences that I'm trying to can make has largely been down to your programming and your storytelling. And I think it's a sentiment that I will wholeheartedly believe that I think most people in the country and around the world would share that you have given nature and wildlife a voice like no other person has. And you really have driven the conversation and the shift in consciousness almost single-handedly and it has just been one of my greatest privileges genuinely to have to have been in around when when you were here and to have been here in your lifetime is 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 something that will stay with me sir david and and genuinely i i, I promise you that i will do all i can and i'm sure the young people listening will agree and say to continue the incredible selfless work that you have put in for our planet and for our future. And we will strive to make it a better place because the world genuinely is a better place for you being in it. You couldn't have said a nicer thing to me. Thank you very much indeed. It's no. very kind of you.
My pleasure, Sir David. Thank you. Finally, um, what would be from your, your pearl of wisdom to younger people who want to make a difference? Um, do what interests you. Do what you think you're good at. And the odd thing is that nearly always what you're good at is what you're interested in. Um, and so follow that, follow that star. I'm speechless, you know. I don't think I'll be able to summarise it eloquently enough. I can't, you can't put it into words. I mean, they say don't meet your heroes. He is one that you should definitely meet. And I know I'm, I'm so lucky and fortunate to have had that opportunity. But guys, it's just as good as you want it to be in person. I can't tell you. Like, you literally are hanging off his every single word. This is what we made this podcast for. It's why I'm involved, is going, look... This isn't coming from a place of somebody who knows everything. This isn't coming from a place of all doom and gloom. This is literally meeting people, meeting experts to educate ourselves on the planet and its wildlife, our impacts, our effects, but also finding out what we can do. And I want it to be a source of hope and inspiration. And I hope that it is. And I hope, yeah, that we can go on this journey together. And it's got the seal of approval from Sir David. So if you don't subscribe, you've basically just said no to Sir David in his face. So it's up to you. It's your decision. But if you want to say to Sir David, I'm not going to subscribe, it's on you, man. That's on you. So, my friends, there you have it. That's what went down when I met Sir David Attenborough. Still can't quite believe it. And I don't know if this was just me, but it felt like a huge moment of him passing the baton to us. And safe to say, I do not want to let him down. And that's where Call of the Wild comes in. We're going to be sharing tips and ideas on how your actions could not only save the world, but make it a better place. And talking about why it's so important, while also equipping us with the knowledge of all the things we need to know. In each of the next five episodes, we're going to be tackling a key area of our lives, from travel and fashion to plastic use and food. And I'll be meeting experts along the way who are going to explain a little bit more in depth about the mess we're in while also teaching us about the things we can all do to do our bit for our planet and our future. Not only that, in each episode, I'll be joined by a special guest finding out how they are dealing with their own impacts on the planet and what they are trying to do to find that balance, that balance we are all striving for. I would also absolutely love to hear from you about how you're answering the call of the wild. Do you see what I did there? It's call of the wild, name of the... I'll just move on. But seriously, anything you've done to limit your impact on the planet, maybe some top tips you've picked up along the way, or even a positive thing you've done to make the world a better place, please do let me know. It's very simple. You just send a voice note to callofthewild at wwf. .org.uk and you may just hear your voice on this very podcast. Remember, we're in this together, so it would be wonderful if we could hear from you and get some ideas and hopefully inspire each other too. So, in our next episode, we're taking a deep dive into oceans and how humanity's love of plastic is causing major problems. I'll be joined by model and designer Georgia May Jagger to discuss how she's trying to reduce plastic use in her own life and in her business. This time and everything we've experienced has made me really realise that the way that I was living my life before is not sustainable for the planet or for myself. 
Now, if you can't wait till then, do not worry. I've got you covered because we've got a bonus episode coming out soon with Sir David with all the stuff we couldn't fit in from today. Call of the Wild is a Fresh Air production for WWF. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode and join the conversation on social media using the hashtag Call of the Wild. The Wild is calling. It's time to act.